Our scripture reading this morning comes from Romans chapter 5, verses 12 to 21. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, for sin indeed was in the place, was, was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was, come, was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to the condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to the justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Father, we pray that uh, you would grant us the spirit of wisdom so that we might have eyes to see Jesus Christ this morning. In his name we pray, amen. I uh, read an article uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, uh, in comment uh, journal about uh, the idea of gravity. So I thought about it, of course, when I, when I read that uh, article. And if you ever think about gravity, it's, it, it's pretty a, wild, a pretty wild concept to really think about. We all kind of know what gravity is. We all uh, live with its effects each day, but yet, nonetheless, it isn't something that we can reach out and touch. Uh, It isn't something that uh, we can really quantify. And that's what this article talked about. It said this in the article, for most of our history, the idea of gravity did not exist. Things simply fell reliably and consistently. We know much more about gravity today than we used to, thanks to Newton and his heirs, But gravity still retains a large measure of mystery. When it comes to invisible powers, it seems we are always working toward understanding, never arriving. So the article was about gravity as an absolute, yet at the same time, it is still shrouded in so much mystery. And if you've been with us, you'll know that we've been looking uh, in this sermon series at the book of Romans, and we've called the series Mysterious Absolutes. And what we mean is that the book of Romans is full of all of these absolute statements. These are things that we must believe about God and about the story of redemption in order for all of us to be restored to a right relationship with Jesus Christ. They are non-negotiable things that we have to believe. Yet to think that we understand all those things fully is really just arrogant presumption because there's still so much mystery 
to all of them, a large measure of mystery. In some ways, we are always working towards understanding. And this passage this morning is really no different than all the others in the book of Romans. And though the word word is never used in this passage, I think the key is all about this idea of inheritance. Think for a moment about the things that you personally have maybe inherited throughout your life. Don't think so much about uh, financial inheritances that you may have received when some great aunt passed away or, or maybe some family heirloom that was passed from one generation on to another. Think instead about the traits that you have inherited both good and bad, from your family and from your upbringing. We all may think about inheritance as something that happens in the future, but there also is a now character to our inheritance. What are the the traits that you've inherited? What are the, the default settings that have been passed down to you through your parents or through the particular cultural moment in which you live in? There's a great song that's out. I don't know if it's made it to the radio yet, but there's a a great song that's come out recently that's called uh, In the Blood. And and, and this is the very thing that the the singer-songwriter wrestles with in the song. He asks whether he is doomed to repeat the same flaws and failures of his parents. Can he, in some ways, escape the flaws and the traits that he had inherited? We all live with these sorts of things. They are the reality that you and I traffic in each day. And what Paul wants us to do in this passage is he wants us to see that this idea of inheritance, these traits that we get passed down, this idea is even deeper than we think or even realize. What he argues for is that we live within an inheritance of either one of two men, and that all of humankind is either living within the inheritance of Adam or living within the inheritance of Jesus Christ. And there is both a now component to that and a future component to that. So let's compare the two along with Paul. The first thing he talks about is the inheritance of sin, and one of the first things that he establishes is that because of the inheritance of Adam, we all have received the pollution of sin. Verse 12 says this, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all have sinned. I don't know if you've uh, noticed driving uh, around Baltimore, especially in this area of North Baltimore, uh, but over the past couple years, uh, Baltimore City uh, has begun replacing all of their open reservoirs uh, with protected underground tanks. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, The Guilford Reservoir, uh, just off uh, Cold Spring Lane, uh, just about a mile from here, has been under construction for the past year. Uh, Druid Hill Park, uh, which is one of our best parks here in the city, is about to go on a major construction effort. And what they're doing is they're, they're draining all of these reservoirs, they're installing huge tanks in the water, underground, and then they're going to build parks or something like that on top of it. 
Well, the point behind doing all this is, is in one sense, an idea of protection. What they want to be aware of is the fact that one simple contaminant could get into either one of those reservoirs, pollute that reservoir, and then have far-reaching consequences to all the residents of Baltimore City. I thought about that this week when I thought about Paul's argument here, because what he is saying is that this is the very thing that happened from our first father, Adam. The contaminant of sin entered all of humanity. When we talk about sin in our communicants class that we do with our youngest kids, often what we do is we take a clear uh, glass of water and uh, we take one little drop of food coloring. Maybe you've seen this illustration before. And we put one little drop in that food coloring. And then we watch the color spread its way throughout the water. In some ways contaminating the water never to be separated again. What Paul is saying is that because Adam disobeyed in the Garden of Eden. The pollutant of sin has spread to all of humankind. You and I were not born innocent. Instead, we are born bent towards sin. I mean, think about it. Did anybody ever have to sit down and teach you how to lie? No, we knew how to do that. Did anybody have to sit down and teach you how to be arrogant or how to be prideful? No, we, we just knew how to do those things. They were as natural to us as breathing. And why is that? It's because we were born with the stain or the pollutant of sin. We were bent inside. We were born wanting to live independent of God. And all of this we inherited from Adam, our first, fa- our first father. And it's the, it's the pollution that we live within now. Now, in many ways, our, our kind of Western culture or our cultural moment really bristles at this idea. We ask ourselves, how could we be responsible for a sin that we didn't personally commit? We tend to ignore the fact that we perpetuate that sin every single day, but we get upset about it. We argue. We say, I am my own man. How could I possibly be responsible or why should I have to bear the consequences of someone else's sin? We think this way because in Western culture, we tend to be one of the most individualistic and autonomous cultures known to human history. But most all other cultures, and certainly in Paul's culture when he wrote this, they had much more of a communal understanding to the nature of things. That's why Paul says that we bear the shame and the responsibility as a community of mankind. Adam, he was our head, he was our representative, and we are a part of his community, and because of that, we bear the pollution. The other piece of this inheritance that that all mankind receives from Adam are really the the consequences of that sin. They're the the consequences of death and condemnation. Verse 17, because of one man's trespasses, death reigned. Adam was told by God that as a result of his rebellion, of acting up against God, that his physical body, his physical life would at one point expire. It would pass away. And, and since then, physical death has been an absolute reality 
of all of human existence. But there was another death that took place that day. There was a spiritual death that the Scriptures tell us, that that Adam's relationship with God experienced a death. There was a brokenness that was entered into that relationship. He experienced a relational death between himself and God. And if all this wasn't enough, Adam also stood condemned before God by one man's sin. One man's disobedience, condemnation, was spread to all men and all mankind. So, what does this mean for us? What does it mean for you and I? What is the traffic that we're, the reality that we traffic in every day? Well, it means that we inherited from Adam, our father, the pollution of sin and the consequences of death and condemnation. All of humanity has this sentence of condemnation hanging over their heads. All of humanity is a part of the community of death. This is the inheritance that we receive, like it or not, from our first father. We live in this now, and we will bear the full result of it in the future. But thankfully, thankfully, another inheritance is offered to us. And that is the inheritance of Christ. Verse 15, but the, three, but the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. Paul continues his, his huge comparison in this passage. He says, through one man's act of disobedience, death came into the world. Through one man's obedience, life can be attained. Through one man's disobedience, condemnation came into the world. But through one man's obedience, justification is offered to all. Friends, when we stand in the inheritance of Christ, when we are united to Christ by faith, we are transferred from the community of death to the community of life. The condemnation of sin has been lifted. It's been placed on Christ at the cross. You receive a new solidarity, a new union with Jesus Christ. His act was enough to counteract all the destructive things that happened in the sin of Adam. In fact, the word abound here, or the the word abundance that used throughout this passage, should actually be translated superabundance, meaning that in Christ, your cup is overflowing. Thomas Cranfield wrote this, He said that one single misdeed should be answered by judgment. This is perfectly understandable. But that the accumulated sins and guilt of all ages should be answered by God's free gift. This is the miracle of all miracles, utterly beyond all human comprehension. Some people have looked at this passage claiming that if sin is universal, then God's grace must also be universal. They see the connection between the two. But that isn't exactly what Paul is saying here, and it certainly isn't the general message of the entire book of Romans. 
What he is saying is that sin indeed is universal. Sin, its pollution, its consequences, it is our inheritance whether we like it or not. But he keeps referring to Christ's inheritance as a gift. Adam's inheritance is the ultimate burden that we bear, but Christ's inheritance is a gift. So what do we need to do whenever a gift is offered to us? We need to receive it. The gospel is open to all, but not all choose to receive it. Friends, if you're here and you've never received this gift, know that it is offered to you in the gospel today. Know that all men stand in relation to one of two men. If you are in Adam, then you bear the pollution and consequences in part now, and you will experience them fully in the future. But if you are in Christ, you have been freed. You've received a new inheritance that you can live in now, but also look forward to its final consummation in the future. Receive the gift of a new inheritance in Jesus Christ. You will be given a new identity and you will become a new creation. But if you have received this inheritance, if by faith you have accepted this gift, then know that Paul wants you, he charges all of us to live like it. To live within our new inheritance. Imagine for a moment that you're someone who struggles to pay the bills. I know that's hard for all of us to imagine. But imagine you're someone who is always burdened with where is the money going to come to pay that next bill? Or how am I going to make this next car payment or this next house payment? And we live within that burden and we live within that struggle. And then one day we get a call that tells us we have inherited an entire fortune. Do you think that would change how we live? Do you think it would change our behavior? Absolutely. We would live free and we would live with abandon. And this is what the gospel calls us to do, to revel in the now of Christ's inheritance that we've received and to look forward to the future riches of this in the final consummation. Friends, we have received the call. The inheritance is ours. The scripture tells us that all of the spiritual blessings in the heavenly realm are ours because of Jesus. Because we've been united to him. So live with abandon because your inheritance is rich. Let's pray.